Amen. You all doing well this morning? Very well. Yeah, for some reason, man, I was telling the Lord, for some reason I feel a little nervous this morning, which is kind of unusual. I almost felt like the same way I felt like when I started teaching. First time I stood in front of students and, uh, and how to deliver a math lesson. It was a little nerve-wracking. But, uh, <clears throat> but one thing I just wanted to, to point out was this. How many of you felt the river from the throne of the Father just expand today? Did you sense that? Okay, the banks were overflowing, you know? And, uh, and I heard the Lord say, just to ask, he asked me, actually, I'm going to ask you what he asked me. You know, he said, uh, do you want to jump in the river today and see where he's going to take you? <laughs> Amen. That is interesting. Okay. It's an interesting thought, you know, and this morning the Lord said, you know, <clears throat> don't you jump in the river. You know, you may use your notes, you might not use your notes. You know, so we're going to go and see what the Lord does. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, uh, this week I woke up, you know, on Tuesday. It was Tuesday morning. And the Lord, you know, and the Lord gave me, he started saying to me, not by my, not by, not by your strength, not by your power, but by my spirit. And he kept on saying that continuously to me. His son, it's by my spirit. 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 You know, and. Uh, we were praying on, a, on Wednesday night before actually leading the meeting. And Becky had the same scripture. You know, it's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. And I feel like the Lord is inviting us into another deeper level with the Holy Ghost. It's, there's an invitation. Whenever the Lord says that kind of stuff to me, that means there's an invitation that He's given me to go deeper into the Holy Ghost. Amen? I mean, if you look at the days we're living right now, there is a deep need and a deep urgency to know the Holy Ghost more and to go deeper in the Holy Ghost. You know, I was thinking about what Matthew was saying last week, you know, about waiting for revival. You know what I mean? And he gave this phrase at the end. He said, let it start with me, Lord. Let it start with me, Lord. Let it start with me, Lord. And I just had a deep sense, Lord, saying, well, you know, the, from the day that you were born again as a Christian, from that day forth, there was revival that was happening in your life. It's not necessary that you're waiting for something to come. You're already living in it. The question is, do you want an increase in what is actually happening inside of you? See, that's the invitation that we have. He's saying, do you want an increase? Because when you look at the ministry of Jesus between when he was born and then when he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, there was an increase that happened in his life. Okay, think about this one man that came to the earth, filled with the Holy Spirit. 
changed the whole entire world with a message that was so radical. The whoever who heard it, it made the ears tingle. That's what Isaiah said. There is a message that is coming that is going to make your ears tingle. Period. And it provoked people. And if you notice, I don't know how many, how many of you, if you've been around people sometimes, all of a sudden they, they, might, they might seem they change on you. They might think that you're judging them. They might think that, you know, you, you know, you, they, might, you know they might say, for instance, like, you think you're better than me or something like that. Sometimes it's not necessarily that you've done anything. It's just a, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life convicts that person of whatever's going on in their life. And they think it's you. But what you notice, Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost. Your comforter, the spirit of truth. He's the one who's supposed to convict the world of sin. He didn't call us and say, go point out every person's sin. That's what Jesus said, fine, then take out your plank out of your own eye. Before you can go take out that spectrum in the other eye. But Jesus was encouraging us. He said, listen, you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. You'll be a channel where he can come through and minister to people. Amen? 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 I'm telling you, this morning, we're going to go in the river. We're in the river. You said, I asked you the question. You say yes, so we're going to go and see how far it takes us. Amen? Hey, can you put Zachary up there? You know, he goes, he says, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord for Zerubbabel. Now by my no by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, almighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. That he will bring out the, cup, the cupstone to shouts of God, bless it, God bless it, God bless it. How many of you this morning? Have mountains in front of you. Who does not have that? You know what I'm saying? Who does not have mountains this morning in your life? I mean, when you look at that, let's go back. Let's go back to, to the beginning there on that one. The Zechariah thing. Okay? I just want you to know it says, not by might, not by power, but by what? But by my what? Says the Lord Almighty. And then the next thing, the next part. It's a question. And the question is this. What are you, almighty mountain? What are you, almighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. This is the thing that I feel like the Lord is trying to encourage us this morning is we need to understand it's not necessarily how much you work yourself up or how much you want to pump yourself with faith. It really is, the bottom line, it really is the Spirit of the Lord leading you. Because isn't it interesting that the Lord will say that and then pose a question afterward about a mountain? What is it about mountains that makes it crazy? They're immovable when you look at them. They're immovable objects. They're overwhelming when you look at them. But the Lord says, I want to bring an increase of the Holy Ghost into your lives. 
I want you to, I want to fill you up to overflowing. The same way King David said, my cup overflows. He wants us to overflow. The thing that touches people's lives is not necessarily our theology or our good works or acts of mercy. It really is the overflow from the Holy Spirit that actually touches people's lives. That brings a change. Paul said you could have all sorts of arguments about theology and whatever. But all it does is bring division. But one thing you wouldn't want to have that you really want to have in your life is the Holy Ghost. Spirit. And the overflow of Him in your life. Amen? Amen? Okay. <laughs> so when you look at the Old Testament, you see a pattern of where every time, like in the book of Judges, every time the Spirit of the Lord will come on a person, what will normally take place? Things will shift around them, right? They will have overwhelming victories around them. They will change cities and, and they'll be changing. You know, I mean they'll be conquering enemies. Right? Now that was the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Okay? You can name Samson, Othniel, Gideon, all these people. Because it says every time the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, something happened. It didn't come just upon them just for the sake, just, you know what I mean, just for good or something like that. It was more like, hey, listen, there is a purpose that the Father has in this place. So my spirit is going to come upon you so that you can go forth and actually conquer that mountain that's in front of you. Because when you think about Gideon's situation, it was an overwhelming thing. And the Lord reduces the army to 300 people. How crazy is that? Well, the Lord keeps saying, no, no, you got too many, you got too many. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. All my enemies are more than 300 people. And then he goes out, out there with lanterns and clagers and trumpets and actually overcomes the enemy. That is the outworking of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is the Spirit of the Lord that walks in you and walks around you to bring forth that victory. Amen? So when you look at King David's life, you know, I'm just bringing, all, all I'm doing is just bringing these little stories. When you look at King David's life, even when, you know, obviously the Spirit of the Lord was strongly upon him, that's what was able to conquer a lot of his enemies. But when you notice that even when he fell, when you look at Psalms 51, okay, there was a crowd that was within him. When he said, I've committed murder, I've committed adultery, Lord, and I ask you not to remember my sins. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. I ask you to take me to a different place, Lord. But one thing he begged the Lord. He said, please, 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 do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He said, you can bankrupt me everywhere else, but do not take the Holy Spirit from me. I don't care about being king. That's fine. But do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. There should be a desperate crowd within your own heart that says, I've got to have more of the Holy Spirit in my life, Father. 
I got to have more of the Holy Spirit, Father. I got to have more of your spirit. More of your spirit. Because it's not by my power, Lord. Neither is it by my might. But it's by your spirit. I got to have more of that. And King David knew that was it for him. I can't do anything else, Lord. But please, this one thing I ask you. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Amen? Amen? There should be a cry out in your heart about that. You see, that's who I am right now. I'm in this place where, you know, I was telling them, oh, I feel like I'm just walking in darkness, Lord. But it's not because it's sin in my life. But I just feel like I'm in this other place, Lord. You know, and the Lord keeps on saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. You know, in your weakness, I am perfected. But besides all that, son, you have my spirit. That's what I keep on telling you. It's not, huh? it's not by your might. It's, you, it's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. You just hear daddy telling you that at this point. It's by my spirit. Dora, it's by my spirit. Son, it's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. You know, I feel like I could see here and for the next 20 minutes just say, it's by my spirit. Because it's so strong in me. It just vibrates in me. It's just like banging inside my belly. Inside my spirit. Say, it is by my spirit and no more. How many people in here, you've had the enemy come against you strongly? And sometimes it's so overwhelming, right? Because sometimes it's like blindside. And sometimes you can actually see it coming. Right? But you know what the word says in his eye again? It says, when the enemy comes like a flood, who will raise a standard? It says, my spirit will raise a standard against him. My spirit will raise a standard against him. He did not say, my word, he did not say this. He did not give you formulas. He just said, when the enemy comes like a flood, guess what? You got the Holy Ghost in you, and he's going to raise a standard and say, this far and no more. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, I don't have a lot of opinions. All I have is what I see in my Father's Word. And my Father says, it is by my Spirit. When the enemy comes, I, I myself, who's the Holy Ghost, who raises the standard against the enemy. And I look at him and I say, this far no more. Because by ourselves, we are no match for the enemy. Zero. We're, really weaker. We're weak vessels. I'm sure the enemy, it irritates the fire of the enemy. The fact that you can have such weak people, but still be such conquerors. Be such weak people, but yet at the same time, be filled 
to the point that we search conquerors because of his mighty spirit that is within us. If you think about the Apostle Paul, you know, he's a man that had the gospel being preached. And he persecuted the Lord's disciples that were actually giving this message because it was so radical. This same man. gets mildly delivered and encounters the Lord in such a powerful way that his whole entire life is flipped around. And he ended up writing at least two-thirds of the New Testament. And when you look at, uh, you know, like Romans is one of my favorite books. Well, Paul's books. I just love Romans. You know, and when you look at Romans 7, you know, he's Paul who has this dilemma in his life. Right? Towards the end of chapter 6, the things that I want to do, I really end up not doing. Those things I really know I shouldn't do, I end up doing. So he says, I see this law at work in my life. I see this conflict between my spirit man and another law that is at work in me. Here's Paul. A man filled with the Holy Spirit at this point, saying, I see all this stuff going on in my life, and I'm telling you, what a wretched man I am that's in my flesh. And he realized there is nothing good in my sinful nature. The flesh is just a sinful nature. There is nothing good in my sinful nature. And he's sitting there painting this picture. And if you notice, in there in Romans 7, he wrote it in a present tense. He didn't write it in a past tense when you read it. He's writing, as he was writing, he was saying, these are the things that are actually going in, in me. This, I've seen, I see these two laws are walking my life. Who is going to help me? And he said, thanks to be the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, when you go to the next chapter in Romans 8, after Romans 7, when you go into Romans 8, you notice something that he does there. He started talk about the spirit of life. He started talk about the spirit of life. Think about Paul hearing those gospels that are being preached. And Jesus saying in John, I'm going to send you comfort. I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. He's going to lead you into all truth. And here's Paul in Romans 8. Actually giving us a practical application of the walking of the Holy Spirit in our lives with these two conflicts going on within us. You know, and in Romans 8, you know, because I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I took at least five things out of there. Because I just want to bring up to mind. Okay, the very first thing that he starts, the very first sentence, after he's talked about all his struggle, and after he stated all that stuff, he goes, in a thanks be 
to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then right there, in the very first sentence of Romans 8, he said, Now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now think about that. He's saying there's these two conflicts. Then he says, the person that can deliver me is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Amen. Then the next time, right after that, he goes, thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there is no condemnation because I'm in him. I belong to him. So there is no condemnation. And then right after that, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit in his life. You know? And he says, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed us from the power of sin. Now, just think about that statement. I just took a little stuff from there. It says, the power of who? The life-giving has done what? It's freed us from power of sin. Right? Now, did he say that he was trying to work something up? He said, who is the one that is giving him life? The Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit giving him that power so that he's freed from sin. Not trying to walk something out. But say it's the Holy Spirit in my life. It's the power of the Holy Ghost in my life that has given me power to overcome every sin that I have in my life. Period. It's the life-giving spirit. The life-giving spirit. So I keep on going back to that statement. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You see it in the Old Testament. You see the are walking in the New Testament with the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And you hear Paul crying out saying, Here's a secret to your Christian life. I heard the Gospels, but now I've seen the outworking of the Spirit of God in my life. And here it is. Amen? Alright, next one. Because of those controlled by the Spirit, think about Things that please the Spirit. Now, did you hear that? Those are controlled by who? The Spirit, right? Those that are controlled by the Spirit. Think about things that please the Spirit. It starts from the Spirit and ends up with the Spirit. All I'm doing is just highlighting on the word, on my father's word that he gave. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. This is, you see, the Lord never preached. He never lets me preach from where I'm not. He always lets me preach where I am. And sometimes it's humiliating, honestly. Because you feel like, I have no strength to do it, Lord. I have zero strength. Because I feel like I'm trying to figure this thing out with you in my own life. And the Lord says, oh, you're a perfect candidate. Go release it. And you go, you, you're like, this doesn't make any sense, Lord. But I know my daddy loves me. 
She's not going to give me too much that I can handle. You know? Anyways, moving on. It says, even though our bodies are dying because of sin, the Spirit gives us life. Did you catch that? I mean, yeah. See, I, I know I'm getting old. I've seen my gray hairs. So the law of entropy really does work. Because I see, I see the outworking of it in my life. And part of that is because of the sin that came in the world. Okay? All creation is subject to that. It's being destroyed by that. Our bodies are being destroyed by that. It does not say that you are a sinful person. It just said, because of sin nature and because of sin in the world, it is destroying things around you and it's destroying your body. But thanks be to God, He has given us who? The spirit of life. That we might have life. That even though our mortal bodies are perishing, yet in our inner man we're being strengthened day by day by day. Because the spirit gives us life. Not by might. Not by power. By, 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 by my spirit, says the Lord. You're going to keep hearing that phrase throughout. By, by my spirit, says the Lord. And he goes on and says, The spirit testifies within us that we are God's Children. <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time. It says the spirit within us testifies that we are what? We children of God. Is it me testifying? It's the spirit of God that is within me testifying to the Father, these are your children. It's the cry that comes from the earth saying, hey, do not forget them. These are your children, Father. They have your DNA. They have your spirit within them. So that is why if you go on and say, with mornings and groanings, sometimes you just cry out because you have nothing else within your heart to cry out. All the words have run out. There is no more words other than go, Oh, Jesus! Oh, Basata! I mean, you all do it all the time. Believe me. How many of you have been trying maybe fix your kitchen sink and it didn't work out? And, and instead of flipping out, you just went, Ah! Oh! Well, you just, you just groaned. You have no words. And there's times in your life, things are happening in your life that I'm telling you, going, Lord, and he just. And I kid you not, the enemy flees. Seven ways when he hears the Holy Ghost groaning through you. Because he has no idea what he's saying. <laughs> so the enemy is in derision. He's going, oh, what should we do? What do we need to do, man? I don't know what he's saying, man. Somebody, somebody catch up. What is that? Is that Spanish? No, no. Maybe it's Greek. No, I'm not sure. Is it Italian? Can somebody find the manuscript to what this person is saying? 
That's what happens to the enemy. He's in derision. He's all over the place because he has no idea. Because he can say, oh, Jesus, bless me. And the enemy will whisper to you, he doesn't love you. He ain't going to bless you. But we say, oh, but baroboto. All the enemy hears is that. And then hears the father say, oh, son, I'll bless you. And the enemy goes, I didn't hear him ask for blessing. See, Paul was giving us a secret. He was saying, listen, people, here is my secret. Here is my secret. One of Byron's favorite scriptures. I will go on to what? Revelations and visions of who? Christ Jesus. Because Jesus says specifically, I am going to send in the Holy Spirit. He's going to take from what is mine and make it known to you. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. He's the best thing in my life. Because we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Ghost. But guess who lives on the earth right now in the present time? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit in the very present time. You know what I mean? The disciples, when Jesus said, where I go, you can't come. The disciples, they were grieved in their heart. They said, oh, what do you mean? You go on. And he goes, I can see that you're troubled in your heart. But I promise you, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Because I'm going to send you who? The comforter. Even Paul calls him the spirit of adoption. Think about it. It's the spirit of adoption. It's the same one. It's in you. So she said, you're not orphans. The Lord had to break that off my life. I'm not an orphan. But we do walk around like orphans. But we're not. Because if you have the Holy Ghost, guess what? You're a son. Because the spirit in you testifies that. To the Father say, yes. Amen. Sorry, I'm not trying to yell at you. Okay, that's true. Amen. That is the best news. I put Romans eight there. Romans eight fifteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna wind it up here. I'm gonna wind it up. No, I wind it up. No, no, I don't want to wind it down. I want to wind it up. I mean, I want I want you to leave here buzzing. That's really it. That's what I'm actually saying. I want you to leave here buzzing, not down. I want you up. I want you uplifted. You know what I'm saying? I want you walking in the glory. I want you swimming in the river. I want your heart to be full of joy. Because you have the Holy Ghost. Who said the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the who? There we go again. Whoa. That's the kingdom of God. Hey, guess what? The Holy Ghost is in there too, you know? Amen? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So it says here, so you've now received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. The Holy Spirit reminds you of that. He's your daddy. Ask him. He's your daddy. Ask him. Call him your daddy right now. 
That's true. He's our father. He's our father. He's not distant. He's not over there. And there's other places where it says the father pours out, or it says God pours out his love into us by who? Through the Holy Spirit. Do you think he's important? I think so. Oh, Basita. And even in our weakness, guess who's there to help us still? Guess who the Father gave us, even in our weakness, to help us still? Ah, put, put that scripture up there. Now, that's next one. Romans 8, 26. Okay, there we go. And the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Lord. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray. But, what? The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I just wanted to give a scripture reference to what I'm jabbering up here by. Okay? And the Father does what? And the Father who knows, all of us knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with what? God's own will. God's own desire for us. God's own. God's own. Because we are God's own. We, are, we belong to Him. And he said, I'm not going to leave you so I'm going to give somebody else who's going to absolutely confirm everything that I'm saying in your life. Here's a guaranteed deposit. Just the same way the Jewish people will get circumcised. It's the same way the Lord said, the circumcision is the circumcision of the heart. So that way the Holy Spirit in you is a guarantee that you belong to somebody. So don't shy away from groanings. Don't shy away from it. That's all I'm going to tell you. You know. In your own... Kobasata. Kiliri babo. Nobasitaka telaba. Robimi sitika. Come on, come on, come on. Just release that. Kira. Sobo. Ndasabate. Indri babo. Emba sakalaba. Umbebe satalaba. One seta yebe. Ubo suriabaka besita yaba. I'm just going to encourage you. When the enemy comes like a flood, who is going to lift a standard? The Spirit of God. So meaning that during that time, when the enemy is coming, and he raises a standard, because the Spirit is going to raise a standard over the enemy and say, this is no more. At that moment, that means the Holy Spirit in you is going to start praying through you, so that God's will will be 
absolutely established in your life. And that might be in groanings and mornings because we are weak vessels. Because even in our weakness, this is what he's given us. So even when the enemy comes, the Holy Spirit raises a standard. And you can groan and mourn because the enemy has no idea what you're saying. Because there's a standard being lifted at that very moment. Saying this far and no more. Amen. Just saying. Now the thing that I want to, you know, there's this prophetic word the Lord gave me. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. And here's the prophetic word. I saw a vision of a wind blowing. And it was blowing from a blue mountain. It was blown from a blue mountain, coming from right from behind it. And I knew the mountain was God himself. And there was this wind that was blowing coming in. And I heard the Father say clearly, My spirit of grace is coming. I'm blowing another wind of my grace. So the spirit of grace is going to be released. Even here today in this meeting. It's the Spirit of grace that is going to be released into us. It's the Holy Spirit in a different way, but it's still the same Spirit. There's a wind. There's a wind. I heard the Lord say clearly, you cannot mix grace and law. And he said, the wind is coming to blow out the mixture that we have. That's what I really feel. It's a mixture that we have. He said, it's either grace or all grace or law and all law. Because Paul says specifically, the law is for lawbreakers. For the disobedient. That is what, that's Paul from Romans. I feel I could preach out of Romans for the next millennium. But he says that. You can't mix the law. The law is for lawbreakers. So if you're not a lawbreaker and you're under the spirit of grace, then you receive every gift that comes from that. And because he has put the Holy Ghost in us, then we are guaranteed to receive that wind of grace into our lives. Amen? I'll let you stand to a feet. Let's stand to a feet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just sing that, squires. Will I feel warm wind blowing? Yeah, that's it. Melting all the sadness off of my soul and I smell the sweet cherry blossom pouring all the gladness into my soul in winter I believe you in springtime I see you it's so
I've walked through the valley of the shadow and I have been tested like silver and gold Lord your faith has taught me to cherish that this life affliction is not my 